She's all about, oh, now that I'm in my 80s, I don't have to worry what people think. I'm just going to say what I want. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. All right. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I've had a week. Oh, God. You scream at another single mother? <sighs> no. No? No, 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 um, It's just one of those being a parent really sucks at times. Oh. So I was sitting in my, on, in my office on Thursday night, and a, a frantic call comes out from the... the bathroom in the hallway to come here yeah so i go in there and my wife's standing there with the kid and she goes um the back of her one earring is inside her earlobe oh that's gross and i'm like what are you talking about and i look at the back and there's just a, a post sticking out i said well maybe it fell off and she goes no you can actually feel it in there so okay so we take the we take the earring out and I start squeezing her ear to feel it. Yeah. As this black gunk comes out of the hole in the back of her ear. Ew. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Okay. Um, well, I had, on Friday, I had a ton of videos that were due for a client. And I was like... I had a shoot that morning too. And I said, um, all right, well, okay, here's what I'll do. Um, we'll clean her ears the best we can. I will call the, her, um, pediatrician on first thing in the morning on Friday and I'll see if they can fit us in. I'll talk to my boss, blah, 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 blah. So I text my boss and I give him a heads up and he was like, like whatever, just whatever you need to do, we'll rearrange everything else. I said, okay, great. So I come in for my shoot and I call the pediatrician and they're like, can you get her in in an hour? And I said, yes, I will be there. So I now drive the entire way back home and I pick up the kid and we go and the doctor, we're sitting in the doctor's office and, and the doctor says, she, she comes in and she looks at it and she goes, um, I've never actually personally had to do this, but the other doctor that's here has. So let me grab him. So now there's two doctors in there. Okay. And I'm like, uh, okay. So they're looking at her ear and, and they're feeling around and they were, they said, normally what we would do in this situation is if we could see the back of the earring, we'd be able to try to get it out. But because we can't and it's obviously infected, you're going to have to go somewhere else. And I said, okay, mm. wh where are we going? And they said, we're going to try to get you into this, uh, this, kid surgeon over in Somerville okay that we really recommend I said okay great that's fine so they're like go wait in the waiting room we'll let you know when it's all set up so um, they come out about 10 minutes later and they say okay that doctor isn't there we've called around to a bunch of places because it's Friday everybody's taken off your best bet is to go to the, the kids ER at MUSC downtown Okay. Okay. Um, there's an experience that goes along with um, going to a kid's ER. A lot of times it's a lot of kids in severe pain. It's a lot of mm -hmm. yelling and screaming and horrible things that go on in the kid's ER. So I wasn't looking forward to it, but I said, well, we got to get this done. That's fine. We'll go down there. We walk in. They said, yes, your doctor's called ahead. We got a room for you. Come on back. Um, so now MUSC is a teaching hospital. So okay. you get a qualified doctor, but you also get students that are in on the diagnosis and they're the ones that perform the actual uh, procedure. 
Okay. So they're looking at me and, and they're looking at the kid and, and they're, they're telling me about what they're going to end up doing. And basically they're going to go in from behind and they're going to cut her ear open a little bit. And they're basically going to stick a pair of really small needle, needle nose pliers in there and see if they can get a hold of it and pull it out. I said, okay, fine. Now we've already been there about an hour and the the head doctor comes in to introduce himself and tell me what's going to happen and, and all this stuff and he's going to be there to supervise but it's going to be these three people and I start to hear this screaming from out in the hallway and he looks at me and he goes I'll be right back and I don't know what happened to this kid but it took three large doctors to hold this kid down oh my god and um, and they keep coming in going I'm sorry I'm like no look she's not in pain you're fine just do what you need to do out there. We will wait. I don't, I'm, I'm not in a rush. So, um, the, the nurse comes in and says, okay, the doctors want your daughter to have this stuff. This is going to kind of make her loopy so that when they actually stick the needle in her ear to numb her ear, she won't feel it. And I said, okay, fine. So they said, they said it takes about a half an hour to kick in. So at 15 minutes, I said to my daughter, how you doing? She's like, oh, I'm fine. At 20 minutes, she was playing on her Nintendo, and I see her hand stop. And I look over, and her eyes are just, like, glazed over. Oh. And I said, are you okay? And she starts to mumble, but I don't, I can't understand <laughs> what she's saying. Okay. So I said, I guess it's working. Did you take out the camera and start filming her? I have pictures. I don't have video. Oh. So I said to her, look, she, and she kept saying, I'm hungry. I'm really, really hungry. I said, okay, well, after, after your procedure, we'll go and we'll get you something to eat. And she goes, where are we going? And I said, anywhere you want. And she goes, anywhere? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And she, I said, I will get you whatever you want. And she gets this big smile on her face. I said, where, wh- what's the smile for? Where are we going? And she goes, I want a Nintendo Switch. And I said, no, I didn't say I would buy you anything you want. I said I would take you for food wherever you wanted. So now I know, like, she's really loopy. Uh-huh. And so she keeps saying, she keeps wanting me to turn on movies. And I'm like, look, they're going to be in here in a few minutes. Just relax. And she was like, no, I need to get out of bed and I need to go look for a movie. I said, no, you're not. You're staying right there. Ugh. And she, she says, she's laying in the bed and she goes, why are my shoes still on? I said, I don't know. Do you want them off? And she said, yeah. So I take her shoes off and the doctor comes in and the three of them come in and they surround her and they turn her head to the side. And one doctor holds her ear back. Another grabs her earlobe and pulls down. And the third one is, is reaching around in there to try to grasp this thing. Okay. And the kid is just sitting there. And and at this point I put a movie on, on my phone and she's like watching it with okay. her head turned so they were like this is great just keep her doing that this is helping us and they're they're trying to grab the thing and they're they're not getting it out and finally I see the doctor grab it and start twisting in a circular motion to uh-huh. like pop it out of her head oh my god and and you there was a literal like when it came out like you heard that pop? Well, it like like almost like the suction was coming out from around it. Oh, like okay. A, and they they yank it out, and it's like black and disgusting and covered in whatever. Yeah. And uh, they said, "Look, she did great. This is going to heal on its own. We're not going to have to put stitches in it. Like you're going to be, and and she's going to come out of this this fog in like ten minutes." So I'm sitting there and they're like, we're going to go get your discharge paperwork and everything's going to be fine. And I said, okay, great. So as we're sitting there for, for the, the paperwork, I feel a tap on my, my side and it's my kid. And she goes, where are my shoes? And I said, (laughs) you asked me to take them off of you. And she said, I did. And I said, oh, you don't remember anything, do you? She goes, no, I was watching a movie and then all of a sudden you were standing next to me. Like, is it done? And I was like, yes, it's out. It's done. We're all good. So I spent an entire, my entire Friday in the emergency room with my kid. Hmm. I don't know what the bill's going to be, but I can't imagine it's going to be small. Yeah. So 
you know, the adventures of being a parent have just continued to roll on. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm glad she's better. Yeah. Now, obviously, she did not put earrings back in. No, no. And see, this has been a point of contention with my wife. Yeah. Because she had the kid's ears pierced against my wishes when she was like three weeks old. Well, you know, that's the Latino thing. And it that's exactly why they did it is because all Latino families pierce the kids ears at three weeks old. And I said, okay, that's great. So anytime anything like this comes up, I'm like, this wouldn't have happened if we had waited. So in talking to the doctor, the, the one doctor, he was, he said that this actually is something that happens quite a bit. Oh, that you would be surprised at the amount of people that have to bring their kids to the ER because the back of the earring gets sucked into the earlobe. And I said, okay, well, uh, and, and the dude's looking at me and he's looking at her and she's, she doesn't look totally Hispanic, but she, the kid looks a little bit Hispanic. Okay. And, and so he goes, how long has she had her ears pierced? And I said, since she was three weeks. And he looks at me and he goes, Hispanic mother. <laughs> and I said, how did you know? He goes, he goes, I'm half Mexican and my mother has been pushing my wife to have our daughter's ears pierced. And she's about four weeks old. And my mother is very upset that it hasn't happened yet. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, dude. And he was like, and I keep bringing up shit like this and I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my mom, Hey, had another kid come in with the earrings sucked into the, into the earlobe and we had to cut it yeah. out. Mm. So yeah, it was a it was a fun week. So I had to actually go into work yesterday to finish. Oh, um, finish what you missed what, the day before. Yep. Mm. Yep. So it's been it's been an adventure. Wow. Yeah. So how is she doing now? Oh, she's back to normal. <laughs> Yelling and screaming and yes, and and okay. she. I don't know where it's come from, but she is now in the habit of lying about everything. Uh, how old is she? Eight? Uh, nine. Nine? Nine. Wow. She has, she has, uh, I don't know if she's getting it from summer camp or school or what, but in the past couple of days, we've caught her in like bold faced lies. Like, hmm. um, she loves buffalo dipping sauce for some reason. The, the spicy kind? Yes, the spicy kind. Oh, wow. Complains about, like, salsa at a Mexican restaurant, but will eat, like, um, a cup of buffalo sauce for some stupid reason. Okay. So she was going to go to bed the other night on, or was it, it was, was it last night or the night before? It was, it was Friday night. We had come back. She had been feeling better. She decided that she wanted something to eat. And we had a cup of buffalo sauce from like Sonic or something. Yeah. And my wife comes upstairs and said, did you drink this cup of barbecue sauce? It was empty and it was laying on the couch where the kid had been. Okay. So my daughter swore up and down that she didn't drink it. And I said, well, I wasn't down there. And mom says that she didn't do it. So the dog didn't do it. So who does that leave? Mm. I did not drink it. And I said, okay. Kid has been constantly asking me about God and going to church and all this stuff. So I said, you believe in God, right? And she said, yeah. I said, do you believe that he knows everything that you've done? She says, yeah. I said, okay, swear on my life. And she goes, what? I said, swear on my life to God that you did not drink that. And she did. Wow. So I was like, and I just, I looked at my wife and I said, okay, we know you're lying. And the fact that you just did that kind of upsets me. Like you'd yeah. rather see me dead than like, like be okay with getting in trouble. <laughs> so I said, this is your last warning. If you don't tell me the truth now, I'm taking away your Nintendo and your phone and all this shit. Did you drink it? And she goes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you're losing your electronics anyway. <laughs> so, so she was very upset. So then yesterday I'm sitting in my office and she comes running in and she goes, so I was in the bathroom and I said, yeah. And she goes, and I was painting my fingernails 
Okay. And um 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 and I said what happened? And she goes, "It spilled." So I go in there and it's all over the floor and all, all over the wall. Oh. So I'm cleaning it up and it had looked like she had tried to clean the stuff off the wall and pretty much like yeah. just smudged it into the paint. Sure. So I said, "What did you try to clean it with?" And she goes, "I didn't try to clean it." Uh. And I said, I can tell that you tried to clean it with something. What did you try to clean it with? And she goes, I swear I did not clean it with anything. I said, okay, do you want your computer taken away? She said, no. I said, what did you clean it with? She said, water. And I was like, why do you keep lying? So we are, we are in the process of trying to remedy this. Hmm. So, and I said, you know, next time you lie, all your toys are just going away. Like you're going to go downstairs and your playroom is just going to be empty. And you're going to wonder where it all went. And I'm going to donate it to a bunch of little kids. Oh. Maybe that will work. You have to start boxing it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me. It'll sit in boxes and then it'll just disappear one day. <laughs> so, yeah. that's That's been my weekend. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Parenting. Yeah. Ha. Sucker. <laughs> <clears throat> See, that's why kids are great when you can give them back to their parents. Mm, yeah, but I can't. I have to be responsible for this one. You can't. You can't stuff her back in. I mean, I could try, but it it might be a little painful. Not for you. Well, it depends on where <laughs> we're going to try to stuff her. I guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> whose, whose responsibility we think it really is? Yeah. Well, we know who's who who's really to blame for all this. <laughs> so, yeah, well. you know, there you go. <laughs> wow. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah. My well, week is not, not nearly as, as exciting as yours. Yeah. Well, we did, uh, we did lose some people this week. Some more pieces of our childhood went away. <clears throat> yes. Uh, the first one was, was, um, Rutger Hauer who, Yep. If you are a sci-fi fan and you aren't a fan of Blade Runner, then you're kind of missing out. Um, people were finding it ironic that the original Blade Runner that he was in it takes place in 2019, mm-hmm. and he passed away at 29 in 2019. <coughs> um, but his character was, I believe, six, because I think that's all the replicants <laughs> live for. Yep. Um, he was 75 when he died. So, you know, a decent life. Um, he was actually like, he's one of those guys that um, he acted a lot in the Netherlands and kind of around here. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his IMDb, like he is a dude that never stopped working, even though sure. you probably didn't hear a lot from him in the States. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of big movies in this in that we know. Yeah. Blade Runner, Lady Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the thriller The Hitcher. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, he was he was prolific. He was also in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. That's right. Um, and and if you've seen Blade Runner, you know that he goes out on quite an iconic speech. Mm-hmm. And. The, one of the last lines he, he says is this thing about all the things that he's seen, he's seen in his life and that all of those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. Yep. And he's sitting in rain and he says time to die and his character, his, his robot thing shuts down and he dies. Mm-hmm. So that has been something that's been going around the internet of all this like um, like especially in the in the atheist community of like like listen to that speech and and know that all the stuff goes away so live for the moment so he will be kind of missed because he was huge in the the sci-fi world mhm and then yesterday we yes. lost the voice of Minnie Mouse yes Rusie Taylor yeah who was married to the voice of Mickey Mouse. Yep. Yes. She also died at 75. Oh, it's the 75 club. Yeah. 
the the voice of Mickey Mouse died a couple of years ago, right? Uh, oh, he died in 2009. Yeah, I was going to say like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. But she had a good life. Yep. 75 is not bad. Yep. And she is another one that if you look up her IMDb, she is she has had a huge career whether or not you knew who she was or not. Mhm. Uh, she was in the Simpsons movie. Um, come on, internet. For Christ's sakes. Uh, I had it pulled up and then it went away. Okay. So obviously she was Minnie Mouse for most of it. She was also um, Martin Price on The Simpsons. Okay. Or Martin Prince, not Price. Martin Prince. Um, and Sherry and Terry, the twins. Yes. She, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. She was Grandmother Willow. Like she was, was she Grandmother Willow in the? In the movie, no. no. That was Linda Hunt. Okay. She was also Strawberry Shortcake. Yes. So she's done an absolute shit ton. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another piece of the childhood. Yep. She was doing, let's see. When did she start doing? Uh, like, oh, 80-something? 80-something. Uh, she was actually yeah. Pebbles Flintstone in the Flintstone comedy show. Yes, 86. 86, okay. Is when she started. So 30 plus years. As Minnie Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good career. Yeah. Oh, she was also Minnie Mouse in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yep. So, yeah. Lana Lang and Superman. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, the Smurfs. Yep. It, it, I mean, if you're in the right place at the right time, you can have an amazing career in um, voiceover. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely like in this day and age, there are definitely voiceover artists that stand out. The Rob Paulsons and the, mm-hmm. um, the Jess Harnells and, um. Oh, the guy from Futurama. Why am I missing? Why am I blanking? Billy. Oh, what's his name? Billy. Billy West. Billy West. And Maurice LaMarche. Yeah. Um, John. The black guy. What's the black guy's name? Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar. That's it. Um, See, because there's only one. <laughs> I knew exactly who you were talking about, though, because. Yes. Uh um, John DiMaggio is the other one. Uh, so, so there are definitely people that go to the forefront of that, but yeah, I mean, I know people that we use at work that make their living doing like corporate video voiceovers that spend all day at their house, just recording stuff in their home. Mm-hmm. They just send that out and yeah, you can make a good living. Sure can. And if you can get to this level, I mean, I know. mean, look at Mark Hamill. Yeah, I mean Mark Hamill was was known for one iconic role, and that kind of pigeonholed him. Yeah, and then he started doing voiceovers, and he's you know the voice of the Joker, and he's Chucky, and yep. it's kind of amazing. He's more known for his voice work than Star Wars at this point. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, and I remember watching um, interviews with Jess Harnell where where he basically talks about how he'll go into the studio for four hours and they'll record like if it's for Disney because he he worked on a whole bunch of different Disney shows at some point Yep. where they would just bring him in and he would spend those four hours doing like six or seven different TV shows yeah and th- he would just get this giant check at the end of the of the end of the thing because he actually paid per show or whatever Yep, and he just gets his his money and like he can go out and do whatever the hell he wants. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's an amazing career if you can get your your ass into it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, and if if you really think of like those guys and um, uh, Maurice Lamarche and all those, like a lot of times the voices that they do 
you don't even really know it's them. Like they have such a range. Like yes. if if you hear Tara Strong do interviews and all the different things that she does, you're like, oh, that's her, and and that's her, and that's her. So I think as long as you can do some voices, I think you're okay. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't. I don't think you can get so far on just one voice unless it's like mm-hmm. a really unique voice. Well, that would be Bart Simpson. Oh yeah. Lisa Simpson, you know, those, those same actors have been doing those voices forever. Yeah. And Yardley Smith, that is her voice. Yes. Yes. That is her voice. Yeah. Because once in a while you'll see her pop up on a sitcom yep. and some role. And, um, it's like, Oh, it's Lisa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I mean, that's been going on. How long is how long has The Simpsons been on the air? Twenty six oh, years, twenty seven years. Yeah. Nineteen eighty nine, thirty years. Thirty years. Yep. There you go. Imagine imagine being a voice artist where you walk in one day and you're you're like, all right, we're gonna do this one show, and you're gonna do over six hundred and fifty episodes of it. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Like Nancy Cartwright, all she has to do is Bart Simpson. Yeah. And she's done. That's amazing. My internet's being incredibly slow today. Is it? Yes. It's because it's hot out. (laughs) It's hot out, they kind of go slower. Conserve energy. Oh, there you go. Oh, I guess... Okay, so I guess... Nancy Cartwright is going to be Mindy in the new Animaniacs TV show. Really? Yes, because they are bringing that back. Wait, Mindy. Oh, okay. Like little Mindy. No. Mindy, who owns the dog? Yes. I love you, lady. Bye-bye. Yep. I I guess she did (laughs) that originally, too. Oh, okay. Well, good for her. So, yeah. I guess she's been doing a lot. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, going back to Rusty Taylor, it's a shame. Yeah. Life goes on. <laughs> uh, so speaking speaking of Disney, did you hear the new band that's been going on? Um, well, I've heard about this angry mom who wants to keep people without kids from going to Disney World. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. Yes. Apparently it's become a real like movement for some reason. Um and I had it bookmarked and now it's gone. <sighs> Cuz that's the kind of day I'm having. Um Yeah, apparently there was a a huge like um here it is. Well, she went on a major rant on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it pisses me off to no end when I see childless couples without childless couples without at Disney World. You mean <laughs> childless couples without children? Uh, yes. <laughs> Disney World is a family amusement park, yet these immature millennials throw away their money on useless crap. <laughs> they have no idea the joy and happiness it is to mother to mothers who buys their babies treats and toys. They will never experience the exhaustion that it is to chase a three-year-old around and getting stares at assuming I'm a bad mother. This cunt in some very slutty shorts was buying a Mickey pretzel and Aiden wanted one, but the line was very long. So I said later and it broke his poor little heart and he cried. I wanted to take that fucking pretzel from that tramp. Like, thanks bitch. You made my son cry. Disney world is for children. People without children need to be banned. Mothers with children should be allowed to skip all the lines. You have no fucking idea what it's like to have to stand in line for three hours with a cranky, tired, exhausted toddler. And I can't just tell him that we can't do something because it's his vacation, too. I fucking hate childish women with a burning passion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Angry much? I mean, way to, way to gatekeep fucking Disney. Yeah. Like, I wonder if the woman who wrote that ever went to Disney before she had kids because th- there are people well, that you know, go to a Disney lot of people didn't yeah R- nowadays yeah 
But if if you're if you have a small child now, chances are you were in that generation of going to Disney with your friends or your boyfriend or newly married or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, like just just the idea that you're gonna fucking gatekeep fucking Disney World and right. like Disney doesn't really fucking care. No, of course not. Like they're getting money either way. Like just shut the fuck up. But it is it is amazing. So apparently it has gotten steam from other parents mm-hmm. about, yeah, maybe we could cut down the lines if if they would keep people without children out. And it's like, what the fuck? I mean, I think my favorite part of that is the having to skip the lines. Well, no. Yep. Why should you get to fucking skip the lines? And some of and some of the the. um the opposing view on the ban is great. Um, wait, if mm-hmm. people without children are banned and people with children get to skip the line, will this not simply create an equally long line of people who are skipping the line? Yes. And then you have Walt's whole goal was to make things that everyone could enjoy. Maybe stop shaming people for enjoying a freaking theme park. Well, and then one response was, that's okay. As a single man, I'd like all people with children banned from Disney movies in the cinema, (laughs) at least for one screening. Saw Lion King twice last weekend, and the little shits couldn't sit still for five minutes. (laughs) Totally spoiled my viewing on both occasions. (laughs) I like this one. Aren't Mickey and Minnie a childless couple, though? Yes. So, yeah, shut the fuck up, lady. The only character who's got kids is Goofy. Yeah. Yep. The others have nieces and nephews. Yep. Yeah, kind of sad. This sort of thing makes me so embarrassed to be a parent. I pray my kids get to be adults with enough resources to be childless, childless in Disneyland if they choose. Well, fuck yeah. I mean... We're leaving the millennials a really fucked up planet. Yep. Where they aren't making enough money to afford to get their own place, to buy a house, to ever be out of debt. Let them go to fucking Disney. And just because they've decided not to have kids, Mm -hmm. you need to fucking leave them alone and let them get the fucking pretzel. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Yes. Yes, well, we're talking about Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the new trailer for Mulan? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. It looks very interesting. It's nothing like the movie, although it tries very hard to be like the movie. Yeah, I'm getting more... Now, there, it's only been one kind of short trailer, so it. Yeah. you can't see a, a whole and a bunch. Half. Yep. Um... But I'm I'm wondering whether or not they will do like the whole big battle scenes and try well, to yes. stay true to that. I I believe so. Because I've I've known a lot of people. I personally haven't gone to see the Lion King remake. I don't plan on seeing it. It but, just looks like a waste of time. Right. And and I've like one of the women that I work with was a huge Lion King fan when the animated one came out and I said, "Well, how was it?" because my kid has shown no interest, so I'm not going to drag her to something if she's not going to want to go. And she said, "It's okay." And I said, "Well, what do you mean okay?" She goes, "There's nothing new. They didn't add any songs. As a matter of fact, the songs that they did do, some of them aren't as good as the originals." Yep. And she said, and there's something about trying to make the lions and the animals so lifelike that you lose the emotion yep. in their faces because they're not, they're, they're just trying to make them as realistic as possible and convey the same emotion. She's like, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering whether or not with Mulan going forward that they're going to try to tell the same stories but in a different way and add things and not make it so much like the old ones 
See, I don't know, because they're banking on the parents who love the old ones introducing their kids to the new ones and then going back to the old ones again. So they're spending money on on rentals and DVDs and streaming service and all that kind of stuff. But Disney makes a shitload of money on remakes. In the last seven years, it's been over $7 billion. Mm. Beauty and the Beast with with Emma Watson, who is horrible. Right. $1.263 billion. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland with Johnny Depp, $1.2 billion. Aladdin is at a billion so far. Lion King is at $962.7 million so far. It's like, obviously, there's some business sense to it. What um is is uh, Alice in Wonderland considered part of the remake craze? Yeah, I would is say it? so. Okay. I mean, it's got all the characters from the animated movie. Right, but I didn't think it was like a retelling, a true retelling of that because in those. Well, but none of them are. These all have some little twist to it. Right, but they're. I feel like Alice in Wonderland is a little bit different because I haven't seen the animated movie in a long time, but like in the, in the Tim Burton ones, she had already been to Neverland and she was kind of So this is kind of like a sequel. Right. Okay. Okay. Cause this all, I thought it had all started with Maleficent. Like that take on like, Hey, we're going to start doing this stuff now. Um, no, it yeah. started with Alice in Wonderland. Okay. okay. Yeah, so that's kind of amazing that, you know, you can just, like, mint your own cash. <laughs> I mean, but it's weird because, like, they still make animated movies that make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Frozen. Frozen 2 is going to be huge. Why not just pump your resources into those type of things and keep with the animation that you're known for Mm -hmm. instead of doing these live action remakes of movies that people see, but nobody's really asking for. Right. They're not asking for them, but they're sure as hell going to the theater. Yeah. Well, I feel like that that's those little kids going, Oh, we have the animated version of, of this. So let's go see this one. Yeah. And let's buy toys and let's buy Happy Meals and let's buy (laughs) T-shirts. Let's go to the parks. Mm. It's evil. See, I think I think Disney is to be feared. (laughs) Well, absolutely, because look at the empire they've created. Yes. I mean, they bought they bought Marvel for eight billion or four billion dollars and they've made 18 billion back. Yep. Like so then they buy or. Then they spent four billion dollars on Star Wars. They're making that money back. Like, yep. I just don't know when somebody steps in and says, "Okay, you guys have too much now." Yeah. But maybe they don't. Maybe because a monopoly would be if nobody else had comic book films or right. See, that's just science it. fiction they, films. There's so much content that they can't have a monopoly. Right. They can't own everything. Right. There's direct competition with Hulu and Netflix and... Well, and theme parks and and TV and and everything. Yeah, it's a a weird, like, thing that that they do have so much, but they're not considered that. Mm -hmm. And I understand it by the law or whatever, but... Yeah. Oh, there was another new trailer... I think from this week. I just saw it this week. Which was Tom Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Have you have you seen that one? Yes. That one is trying so hard to be the original movie. Yes. Like shot for shot, there's the shot of him on the motorcycle as the fighters taken off. Well, there's the shot of them singing in the bar. There's the shot of them playing volleyball. Yeah, yeah. When I watched you know, it, I I I really like the aerial footage the him in the cockpit and mm-hmm. taking off of the carrier and stuff like that the you know they've they've gotten so far advanced in the technology to be able to put him in that plane to do that 
but the, when it was over, we were watching it at work and I turned to the guy that I was watching it with and I said, did they really have to recreate the volleyball scene? Yeah. Like there's nostalgia and then there's remaking shit just for the sake of remaking it. And, and that's what this is. Y- yeah. Yes. I can't wait to see uh, Val Kilmer back though. To yeah. See what they do with him. <laughs> They're going to have to CG him. He looks horrible. Yeah, well, he pops up in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer. Yeah. And I guess um, they asked Kevin Smith about how they got him for that role. And he had bumped into Val Kilmer. At a con? At at a con or something. Uh Yeah. And he said, do you want to be in this film? And he said, look, my voice is nowhere near what it should be. And he goes, unless you can work that in somehow. And he said, I got the perfect character for you because Blunt Man doesn't talk. Right. So it would just be you in a nostalgia role. So I'm wondering if that's what they're going to do with this Top Gun character, too. I don't know. Or piece audio together from other shoots of him and then have him just kind of mouth the lines. But... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I found a list of um, eight movies that Tom Cruise almost starred in that you may not know about. Oh, he's he's been up for some major stuff. Yeah, Iron Man. Yep. Yep, before Iron they went Man. with Downey, they, they really considered him for Iron Man. Yep, yep, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you see Tom Hanks instead of, I mean, Tom Cruise instead of Tom Hanks? totally different movie wait Tom Hanks oh he would have been Redemption who was uh Timothy Robbins oh yeah him okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah him okay uh Edward Scissorhands wow okay um Footloose okay Ghost I I could see them wanting him for Ghost uh A Beautiful Mind okay uh, Donnie Brasco. Wow. And this year's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood instead of Brad Pitt. Yes, they had gone to him first. He was yep. also up for uh, Wolverine and the original X-Men. Yep. That He was one of those people, and I guess they had just been trying to get him in the comic book movies for a while, and he just kept saying no. Yeah. Um. I, I remember reading something with him where he felt he felt like um, he had been in enough franchises or something. And well, with, I the, could see with that. the Mission Impossible stuff, he wanted to kind of concentrate on that and that be his franchise. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but he like they go to him for like everything. Like he's he always yeah. seems to be up for stuff. Yeah. And then you know you turn around and and. That, or like, or do you think he's up for stuff to get other people interested in it? It's like, well, you know, we talked to Tom Cruise, but, you know, uh, if possibly. you're interested. But then you have, like, like his brilliant turn um, in Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. Where, like, um, um, what's his name? The guy, the guy who produced it. Um, hmm. Oh, fuck. What is his name? Ben Stiller. Yeah. Where Ben Stiller calls him and says, hey, look, we got this part. We'd really like you to do it. It's this cameo. It's this sleazy agent guy. And he called him back and he said, I will do it. But there are two. There are there are two um, caveats to me doing this. And and Ben said, what? And he goes, I want fat hands and I want to (laughs) dance. And that's how that shit happened in the movie, because. Mm -hmm he had been doing some research and he took dancing lessons for something. And he was like, yeah. before I forget all this, I want to dance in a movie. Yep. And Ben Stiller said, yes, if you're going to be in the movie. Yes, absolutely. And for as batshit crazy as he is, I hear all kinds of good things about him on movie sets. Yeah. Like, like you can do movies with him years apart and he will remember your name and he goes around to everybody and says, good morning. And, yeah. Nobody is any less valuable than anybody else on a, on a film set for him. Mm-hmm. And like, if you see him a couple of years later on the same, on a different set, he will be, he, he will know your name and know your kids and, Oh, shouldn't so-and-so be turning eight like out of the blue. So 
Yeah. You know, as batshit crazy as he is for his religion, he's got he's got some chops for like being a decent human being apparently. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's nice to hear or that's nice to hear once in a while. Yeah. Wow. So do you think that that if they offered him a sequel to I don't know, to uh all the right moves, Tom Cruise would turn it down? <laughs> You know, it's him as an adult now, and he's a football coach at the same high school, and he's married to Leah Thompson. <laughs> I mean, you know, it would be interesting if if actors started going back of his caliber, started going backwards, kind of like Harrison Ford did, yep, and start hitting all the major movies that he did, and start doing sequels to them. So where like he ends up doing like a legend sequel. Oh, that'd be awesome. And I don't know if you could wheel out Tim Curry or whatever. I was going to say, you'd have to recast Tim Curry. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just just bring that back and be like, okay, we're just going to do this movie because we did it way back in the day and we're just going to make a sequel to it. Yep. Like, that would be awesome if if they started doing that. Tom Hanks would start doing that. And, like, you know, there's a Splash sequel at some point or a, um, a Money Pit sequel. Sure. Do another, um, oh, what was the one that he did with um, Dan Aykroyd? The, the cop one. Oh, Dragnet. Dragnet. If they did a Dragnet yep. sequel. Like, just for fun. Rock of Ages 2. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Eyes Wide Shut 2. Eyes wide, I call it Eyes Wide Open. <laughs> Few Good Men. Uh, see, that'd be interesting. The Outsiders? They should redo The Outsiders with all the original cast playing like the parents. Oh, and it's their it's their kids that are all fucked up? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sequel, that would be amazing. A sequel to Taps? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Far and Away? I liked Far and Away. Did you? Yeah. I mean they were gonna make a they were gonna make a sequel to Interview with a Vampire for the longest time. Well, yeah. That they never did. Well, I don't think many people bought him in that role. No. But, I don't know. It would be great. Actually, it would be really great if all of these A++ stars today go back and do sequels to their best-known movies so their characters get killed off and they can't be brought back by a new actor. <laughs> Okay. You know, there there will not be another Han Solo in any of the Star Wars universe uh, unless it's the young Han Solo because Harrison Ford's character is dead. Right. So I could see, you know, Tom Cruise and, then the you know, the, the pinnacle of the movie is he dies in a crash. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the next movie would have to be like his son trying to find out what went wrong. And right. Um, see, I'm still waiting for the Bosom Buddies reboot. See, you know, I think Tom Hanks should revisit that. It's a lot of, a lot of money. He's passing up <laughs> a lot of money. Just my opinion. I mean, and see, in, in the, in the climate of TV now, there's, there's, they could just go to him and say, Hey, all we want to do is like eight episodes. Sure. It's going to be a limited series. We just need you to come and do this. And it'll be done. I think I think that kind of stuff would be great. So have him come back and do Bosom Buddies and uh, the Weird Uncle on Family Ties. Yep. Yep. But I mean, you've got Julia Roberts, who was on a streaming series this year. Uh, Meryl Streep was on TV for something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely you know, gone it's, that way. It's gotten, um, I guess, less taboo, you know, where it's like TV was beneath us. Right. Well, I think also at a certain at a certain point, Hollywood stops coming and calling on you, even if you're Meryl Streep. Yes. And I think at that point they're looking that like Hollywood is is looking at the younger demographic and okay, if it's not if it's not. Um, Jennifer Lawrence or um, somebody like that, <clears throat> mm -hmm. the phone kind of stops ringing. Sure. And I think 
in seeking out projects to do to stay relevant, people say, well, what about television? Yep. And not being on a, a network sitcom, but more like a cable pay series. Mm-hmm. That's when you see those people start popping up. And because the writing is so good on those things now, like you can do a 12 episode basically movie on HBO mm-hmm. and get just as much character fulfillment out of it and work steadily for however many months. Yeah. And, and they're like, Hey, this ain't so bad. Well, John Goodman, Laurie Metcalf and Sarah, Sarah Gilbert are all getting $375,000 per episode of the Connors. Wow. That's, that's a lot. John Goodman was just in Charleston filming. There's a new HBO series. Um, about an evangelical family. Uh-huh. It's like gemstones. Oh, yes, yes, something like that, yeah. Um, So he was here filming for a while, and, like, you know, HBO may not be paying him that much, but, like, the exposure of being on that probably propels him into other things, too. Sure. So he's not afraid to do that, and then he'll be in Argo, and then he'll do another TV show, and then he'll go do another film. Yep. You know, it keeps him relevant that way. Yep. Javier Bardem is signed to a Amazon series making a $1.2 million per episode. Holy shit. Now, I don't know if this is true, but this says that Norman Reedus is making a million dollars an episode on Walking Dead. I that can, can't be true. I can see that now that um, Andrew Lincoln is gone. Yeah. I kind of remember a story where when Andrew Lincoln announced that he was leaving AMC ponied up a bunch of money to Norman Reedus to make sure that he wasn't going to leave too. Hmm. So I can, I can kind of believe that he might be the only one making a million dollars an episode. Yeah. Henry Cavill's getting 400,000 for the Witcher on Netflix. Okay. I can believe that. Yeah. Whereas Stephen Amell's making 125k for Arrow, Grant Gustin's making 100k per episode for Arrow. Uh, KJ Appa, who plays Archie Andrews, is only making 40k per episode for Riverdale. Okay. But it's like there's a bunch of money there, you know. Well, okay, so so you said Grant Gustin's making a hundred thousand. Yep. And this was an article article in Variety a year ago. So so for his year his year of work he makes two point four million dollars. Yeah, that's not bad for like the fourth thing you've ever done. Mm hmm. And if he was smart, he'd go he'd start doing conventions on the weekends like Amel does and make oh yeah fucking money on top of it. Yep. But yeah, two two and a half million dollars to play a superhero that's pretty decent. I wouldn't mind that. No. I would do it for half that. But you know what's missing from TV today? What? Theme songs. Mm, true. I mean, I, I've been watching uh, decades all morning because <laughs> there's a Fall Guy marathon going on. <laughs> And the frickin' Fall Guy theme song is like three and a half minutes long. It is it is amazing when you watch those old shows, like how long they end up being. Yeah, and now there's ones where, you know, it's three notes. Yeah. It's like, wow. But I... I, I, I miss theme songs. I think the trade-off for that, though, is that's three minutes of storytelling. That oh, they whatever. Well... Whatever. In a world where, uh, it, back in the day when they had three-minute theme songs for a half-an-hour comedy, you were getting 24 minutes of show. Now you're barely getting 20. Mm-hmm. So they're having to make up for it, I feel like, by not having theme songs. Yeah, it's sad. I miss it. Well, like Big Bang Theory had a theme song. A Big Bang Theory did. Friends did. Uh-huh. I mean, the Friends theme was on Billboard charts. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like thinking back when I was a kid, like the A-Team theme yeah. was like a minute and a half long. The Airwolf theme was a minute and a half long. 
Well, and a lot of times the theme songs would would kind of give you everything you need to know in a nutshell, like Gilligan's Island. Right. Okay, here's why they're got on the island. Yep. Or the Brady Bunch. Here's why all these people are living in the same house. <laughs> here's what you need to know. Which always bugged me about the Brady Bunch. Why? So Mike Brady is an architect. Uh-huh. And he builds the house for the family before they right. get married. And there's only one bathroom. There's one bathroom and there's one room for the boys and one room for the girls. Yeah. Like what kind of shitty architect is he? Not very good. That always bothered me. And it's not like they're very big rooms. Like the boys have to sleep on bunk beds. Mm hmm. The girls at least get their own bed in separate parts of the room, but even yep. Alice has her own room. Like, what the hell? Well, she's the help. You don't want the help mixing. Well, no, but she still has her own room, and he's got his own office. But heaven forbid the kids have to sleep by themselves. Yes. Well, you'll have a chance to revisit the Brady house oh, in a new HGTV series. Oh, is this where they... they a very Brady renovation. Yeah, where they got them all back to renovate the actual house. Yes. To make it into the Brady Bunch the Brady house. Bunch house. Yes. So this house was only used for the exteriors. And doesn't match the floor plan at all. No, not at all. Not at all. And the entire cast got back together for this. Why? Because I they had nothing I, better money, to do. Money. Money. Hmm. They the HGTV bought the house. Well, the house was listed for one point eight eight five million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Are there any pictures of what they've done on the inside? Um. Let's see. Oh yeah, there. Yes. Yes. It does. It definitely does not look as spacious on the inside as the actual TV house did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because the TV house was on a soundstage. Yeah. And this is make believe. Right. And that was always the weird thing too. Like, um, when you look at those houses, when you look at the exterior houses of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you go on the inside and you know that it's not, it doesn't match anywhere up with what you're seeing on the outside. Right. Like there should be a big wall there and people are just kind of like walking through it. And it's just, it was the seventies when people really didn't care about that shit, but mm-hmm. it does amaze me that they're, they're going to try to squeeze this in. Yeah. Oh, and it's the property brothers. Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. So what are they going to do with this house? I guess is my question. They're probably going to sell it to some other chump who wants to relive, you know. The Brady years? The 60s. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that the six kids can't afford to buy it and live in it. <laughs> See, okay, that would, I would watch the show where they have to bring back the Brady kids and it's a real world type scenario in that house. Oh, I was thinking even like Big Brother, like they can vote Jan off. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely something like that. Yeah. Oh, they even did the backyard. Oh my God. Yep. Ah. I just because you know you you need the backyard for the scene where Marsha gets her nose broken by the football. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. Oh, they gutted the whole house. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. the house looked nothing like, you know, what you thought it was on TV. Right. But every TV show is like that. Right. It's like, okay, so this is a rent-controlled house, a rent-controlled apartment in Brooklyn where, you know, Monica and Phoebe lived, or right. Monica and the other one lived. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? 
Yeah, and and if you look at like Full House, and you look at the 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 exterior of that, it's like there's no way that that interior fits into that house. Right. Right. Because it's this narrow townhouse, and then you go inside, and there's this huge living room. It's like, yeah. And there's a downstairs, and then there's, like, two floors above them, and it's like, no. Yep. It's not the way that shit works. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. I would really like to meet the person that um, buys this and wants to live in it. Well, Lance Bass tried to. Before the renovation? Or yes. After? And HDTV outbid him. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? Okay. What the hell is he thinking? Well, he, he's thinking he's got a million point eight dollars and <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Oh, see, I much prefer the before of the backyard. Yes. That's way nicer than the shithole they turned it into. Mm-hmm. So when does this air? September 9th. September 9th on HGTV, huh? Yep. Mark your calendars, people. Oh, Must see TV. I mean, I'm sure the Brady kids are thrilled to be in front of the cameras doing anything. Oh, or getting a paycheck. Or getting a paycheck. <laughs> yes. I mean, the only one that looks halfway decently aged is uh, Peter. Sure. Everybody else did not age well. No, no. Marsha looked good for a while, but she's starting to take a dip. Now, when, when you lived over by Branson, did you ever see Barry Williams around? Since no. he was trying to make a career there? No. Um, Branson was always weird with the celebrities as far as, like, if you were to see them out anywhere, it would have to be, it would mean they were being paid to be there. Oh, Like, okay. you never saw them outside of their, um, outside of their um, theaters. Um, the only person that I ever bumped into was a a country singer who had a restaurant there. Okay. And he would greet people. And who was that? You don't remember. I wish I could remember. Mm. Um, hang on. Because now I'm going to have to figure it out. Ray Stevens. No. Charlie Pride. No. Uh, Dolly Parton. No. Well, actually, she does have a restaurant there. Yes. Um, uh, I know this is fascinating, and it's going to be really. Isn't it? Really... Isn't it? Now you could go see Branson's famous bald knobbers. I have seen the bald knobbers. Have you? Yes. Um, Andy Williams is doing his Ozark Mountain Christmas show starting in November. Isn't he dead? Apparently not. Well, I don't know. Is he? I thought he was dead. <laughs> they just bring him out. He's stuffed, and somebody ma- works him like a marionette. <laughs> oh, it's hosted by Jimmy Osmond. Oh, there you go. The cream of the crop of the Osmonds. Hey, when you're looking for has-beens. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Branson is where celebrities go to die. I sure. Can, I cannot find it on here. Okay. All I know is, is the first year that I lived in Arkansas, we were shooting... Um, Branson did a, a Veterans Day spectacular, like brought in Lee Greenwood to sing and mm. all this shit and, and basically turned it into a money making opportunity for Branson with these celebrities. Yep. And we had a meeting with the head of the um, head of the committee that was putting this thing on to figure out where they wanted us to shoot and all, all that. We met at this restaurant 
and I went to the bathroom and I came around the corner and smacked right into this guy. Oh. And was it Denny of Denny's? No. <laughs> <laughs> was it Perkins? No. No, and it was it was actually somebody that I had heard of before, but Gene Watson? Uh, no. Mo Bandy? Was it Mo Bandy? Uh, no, and it wasn't Yakov Smirnoff either. No. Well, he's there. Crystal he Gale's there. doing a Christmas show. You know, I think some of these older celebrities should do their show through a scrim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if you can't get a, a residency in Vegas, the next best thing is Branson, I guess. Hey, Johnny Mathis will be there in November. See, I mean, there is a lot of people. Yeah. The Texas Tenors. <laughs> the Texas Tenors. Jesus. Was it Bob of Bob Evans? No. No? No. Was it Jared from Subway? <laughs> <laughs> before the before the problems? Yes. No. I can't I can't find it. Maybe it's not there anymore. Yeah, it could be. It was a long time ago. Ah, but it seems like only yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't get anything to pop up on this map for some reason. Huh. Was it Wendy of Wendy's? <laughs> no. No? But I, a job? I will say that the Branson, Missouri Wendy's is the only place I had ever gone to where the person running the cash register had one of those prison teardrop tattoos on their face. Oh, really? That meant that they had killed somebody. Oh, That's awesome. the only time I'd ever seen that in the flesh. So yeah, Chris, we all make mistakes <laughs> and maybe, maybe he's paid for them and that's what he's doing now. I don't yes. know. Now he, his, uh, uh, attrition is to work at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, good times. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up bad memories of Branson. Oh, come on. <laughs> Where else do you have to shoot video of the one-armed man putting political signs in the front yard? Oh, you remember that? Yeah. I do. That's a great story. That was the first. That was the first TV commercial I ever edited. Yep. Hey, we're gonna do this mayoral campaign. Awesome. What do I need to know? Well, he's only got one hand. What? He's he only got hook, one hand. Right? Yep. And he's got a prosthetic. He a he's got a prosthetic uh, device. And I said, "What? You mean like a fake hand?" And they were like, "No, it's a hook." Oh God. So we did. We had to do several takes where he would plant these signs into the front yard because it would the hook wouldn't open all the way. Uh -huh. So he would put the sign down and then go to take his hands away and the hook would pull it back out. <laughs> like we did, we, we did several shots because of that uh -huh. and he'd get angry and, and like start cussing and stuff. And we were like, that's not very mayoral, man. Mm -hmm. He was like, you weren't rolling on that. Were you? Well, kind of. Duh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that one, one of the, the lovely memories. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right then. All right. Well, you got anything else for this week? Uh, no, we can save it for next week. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. <laughs> this is John. Have a good week. If you have a chance, find the Fall Guy episode with the midgets. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs>